There are 14 youth, ages 14 to 24, serving as members of the Youth Violence Prevention Advisory Council for the city of Aurora, Colorado. Serving one-year terms, they provide a voice for other Aurora youth while giving insight and awareness of the barriers and potential solutions to life's real challenges being experienced by youth for city leaders. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Youth Violence Prevention Advisory Council is one of the instrumental resources to Aurora's comprehensive strategy being planned to mitigate violence among and by youth. Joining the effort are 21 organizations within the city. They include Adams and Arapahoe County Human Services to the Aurora and Cherry Creek Public Schools. In addition, 13 metro regional partners are contributing their expertise and resources to the effort as well. These include youth safety programs to Denver's Office of Behavioral Health Strategies. Shaping this comprehensive plan to better support youth to modify violent behaviors is City of Aurora Program Manager Christina Amperon. And ensuring that um, we start shifting up and start taking away that fear factor that our residents have to ensure that they feel safe where they live. Yeah, yeah, they have a personal fear of victimization, and I guess I would have the same thing too. So if they're wanting to isolate themselves in their homes for safety, then we have to look at some of those external things that are going on so people can go out and enjoy the community that they've moved into. Yeah. Youth are probably, well, you know, having kids, I don't know if you have children or not, but I've always uh, I've always told other friends with kids, uh, one of my rules was, well, I told my kids, yeah, you know, 50% of the things uh, I say you're going to listen to, the other 50% you're going to learn through experience. So they will model adult behavior. So in, in, in the long-term plan here, there's got to be uh, thinking about putting together some type of training that parents can have or, mm-hmm. or presentations that they can do so they can think about what uh, behavior they're modeling in front of the child at home because that tells the child, well, I can, if mom and dad are doing this, so can I. And uh, that yeah. may not be correct. Yeah. And and just to expand on that, a lot of the times what we're seeing is that um, some some youth are learning the behaviors in home, mm-hmm. at home. Um, but other times they're learning it because that's what they see day, day after day after day in their community. Yeah. So every day when they're walking to school, they see the drug use, they see the, the gang recruitment, they see the gang members. And so um, we have to have that comprehensive approach to where, yes, how do we ensure that if, if that behavior is being learned in the home, how do we break that cycle? But also, how do we, how do we address the, the larger community right. and ensure that there's um, safe spaces, that, that we're reducing um, the, the witnessing of these behaviors within the community? Yeah, so as soon as the community people are saying, well, I don't have kids, so it doesn't bother me, or my kids are grown up, I don't have to mm-hmm. do anything about that. But these other younger kids are passing them, and they're seeing them, and they're going to be mm-hmm. influenced by them. So if you have kids or not, or your kids have already grown up, you're going to have a role, too, in preventing youth violence. Everyone has a role. Everyone can play a role in, pre- in preventing youth violence, but also ensuring that, that um, the community is, is safe mm-hmm. for everyone. Schools many times fall back and say, well, we got to have more after-school programs and more of this, those, those kinds of things. And I think you mentioned that that may not always be the case, that they need that or want that. 
But it is a, a, a at least a place to start, so they have a safe space to go to between going the between going to school and getting back home, especially when you have uh, parents that are working long. And and I would say um, after school programming is is important, and that's definitely you know an option that has to be offered to the community. But we also have to look into other alternative options, so ensuring that there's access to the library, that the library is the space where they can, the community can also go to, that there's um, um, different programming available that, you know, may not be offered at the school, like yoga, meditation, all these alternative options for youth. That way the youth have different opportunities. And the other thing to consider is that a lot of the youth that are at risk or high risk or exhibiting at risk or high risk behaviors are not going to be the ones taking advantage of that programming. How do we not just offer pro-social activities to the general uh, public, Mm -hmm. but how do we ensure that we're offering very specific programming to those youth that may not be um, attending school anymore, um, but that are active in the community? Um, I'm sure probably the opportunities to have work after school or jobs after school, that's going to play a part in this as well. So teaching them how to go from school to work without getting mm-hmm. involved in stuff and then what happens at the uh, what happens at work how to mitigate any conflicts uh, at work yeah. as well is, is, is going to come in come into play yeah definitely yeah so looking at those alternatives so they can learn those life skills that they're going to need to be successful in the short term but also into adult into their adult life your survey was done last summer right in the middle of covid covid 19. Um, some people are saying that because uh, America was on a lockdown or the community was locked down, people couldn't go where they wanted to go and do what they wanted to do until they felt a little more healthy, safe, that some of the things that are going on now may be that pent-up expression from a year of it that they just want to get out. And I, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but uh, for some of it, it could be that because they haven't been in school together for a year. Now they probably have lost all their skills before and trying to figure out how to get them back. Uh, and, and I agree with your comment of it, it, it could that could be true for some and not for for everyone. Yeah. And um, I think what we have to consider is that for for those youth that are acting out within the schools, it, it may be because they may not have been getting services that they they needed um, because of, of COVID. So for example, mental health. If we yeah. have a that, that needed access to those ongoing mental health supports, then there's going to be some acting out happening in school. Mm-hmm. Or if there was a youth that ha- didn't have their, their basic needs met at home, may have some trauma now that is being triggered within the school system. And um, there's some behaviors that are, are, are now being seen there that, are, that may be concerning. Um, so, for example, if we have a youth who wasn't getting enough um, meals at home um, or a youth that experienced an increase in, in child abuse in the home and now is going to school, um, there may be some potential acting out that the schools are seeing. And, and so that, that could be true for some. Uh, now, I think the Aurora Public Schools, and I'm just paraphrasing now, um, I think they have something like uh, 60 different languages in that school district alone, which the translation to me means you have a lot of different neighborhoods. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. a lot of. <laughs> so, are are you seeing uh, v- uh, the expression of violence or violence prevention 
being expressed differently interculturally? Maybe one neighborhood does it differently, manages it differently. Are there some lessons between the cultures of neighborhood that could be brought into play for all youth to take advantage of, you know, to, uh, to lower the violence level? That's a really good question. I would, I would say that what I'm seeing is in, in Aurora, because there is, it, there's so much diversity, there's, um, there's a lot of, of uh, groups, a lot of gangs that are made up of, of different ethnicities. Yeah. And the, the traditional thought is that um, there's one specific community that's the most impacted. And so we do have to shift not just the community's perception around that, but the, um, the, the systemic thought around it's not just impacting ethnicity, it's impacting everyone. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that we're also seeing racial tensions within the schools and within the community to include among adults. And so how do we start integrating cultural awareness, cultural sensitivity to ensure that we can prevent some of that racial tension from, from you know, going into um, resulting in, in violent behavior. Um, we do see that depending on, on the community, there, there are differences in, in how the violence is being acting out, but also how the violence is being reported. Yeah. A lot of the times, if it's, um, you know, uh, first time residents here in our country that are, are here illegally, they're, they're, they don't tend to report because of that fear of deportation right. or fear of connection to the system. And so how do we start shifting and ensure that they're aware of their victim rights and um, supports that are available so we can start tracking and being aware of, of how they're being, those communities are being victimized. So there's um, action being taken to prevent that victimization. I mean, what you're giving me for the uh, duration of our conversation is a puzzle that has to be put together with a number of pieces to mm-hmm. make, to make yeah. one response uh, picture that's going to work for most people. And it's going to probably be ongoing because different people come in and out at different times. And so the learning level and practice level is all going to be changing. Uh, So there's got to be an information component you have to look at on an ongoing Mm -hmm. basis to help this too. Yeah, and that's exactly true. We do need to take a multi-layered approach to addressing violent behavior. Mm -hmm. From organizational change to intervention approaches to prevention approaches. It has to be, you know, different approaches that we're taking that based as practices, but also based on trending. We may have seen an increase in mental health needs because of COVID, or we may be seeing an increase in retaliatory behaviors because of issues going on among a couple of gangs in the community. And so we have to be able to also pay attention to the trends. As far as the data, we are going to um, every year continue to ev- evaluate, gather qualitative and quantitative data and um, ensure that we're continuously looking to see how our communities are being impacted and identify areas of opportunity, but also share that information out to the community so the community can see um, what is being said. Okay, in a couple of minutes that we have left, this may be a policing question, but um, I'm going to ask you anyway, are you seeing a correlation or did you have any information in the research or for the focus groups that says whatever level of youth violence we have, there's a correlation going into violence by adults later as they grow up, or is it because, or uh, is youth still low enough that violence among ad- adults is still higher when they grow up? 
A lot of the research shows that that going back to that 1% uh-huh. of, of individuals committing their crime, that 1% that is actively involved in, in violent crime will continue from from their, their, their youth years into the adult um, into their adult years being involved in, in violent crime, but also in, in other criminal behaviors. And so that's why that targeted approach is so important uh-huh. to ensure that we're identifying those individuals. We're, we're trying to prevent, um, you know, uh, them from getting further down the line where violent incidents are happening. But if, if they're at that point where they're high risk, then ensuring that we're, we're providing them the intervention that they need. If you had to tell adults or parents one thing right now, what thing could they do to help have a positive influence on either the kids they have or the kids around them or to help your work with uh, youth violence prevention? I would say take action. Take action at home with your kids. Ensure that they have the support they need. Ensure that they have um, you know, support system and access to, to services if that's needed. Ensure that you become aware of what's going on in your community. Become a resource to others. And if you have feedback of, of um, improvements, of ideas, if, uh-huh. you have, if you're aware of, of someone that's being victimized, then come forth. And that way, we as a city, as a larger city system, are taking action to address what's happening. Can they become involved with uh, your work there some way? Is there meetings that they can attend or uh, a newsletter they could get or going to the website to get more information? They can, um, yeah, anyone can go to our website to get more information. We also have a community mobilization team that meets once a month. That's made up of community leaders, community organizations, faith-based leaders. Anyone can come to those meetings and be part of solutions, be part of continued community activations that we have going on in our community to um, address what's happening. Um, you can find our, our email on our webpage and uh, send us an email if you're interested, and, and we'd be happy to connect you to one of our work groups. Okay. What's your webpage address? If you go to um, the city of Aurora and um, go to Aurora Empowering Youth, it's a URL, you'll be able to find our website or you can look um, for the Aurora Youth Violence Prevention Program. With us on this edition has been Ms. Christina Amperon, manager of the Youth Violence Prevention Program for the City of Aurora. Her office is leading a comprehensive approach to youth violence prevention on track to complete and implement next year. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.